Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, episode 50. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and communications strategist, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential. Now, when you look back over your business over the last year, how have you measured up against your cash flow, the goals you set yourself, and the income that you've generated this year? Now, are you winning? Or are you disappointed that yet again, you're nearing the end of yet another year and still haven't achieved the goals that you set yourself? Well, joining me on today's show is Diana Jacobson. Diana Jacobson has over 25 years experience in developing personalized strategies to guide people to discover their ideal life in terms of financial well-being. Having experienced chapters in her life as a small business owner, as a single mum, and mostly as a busy woman juggling assorted roles, Diana works with people to examine their individual and specific needs. Then she assists them to implement a realistic action plan to accomplish their goals. Now she combines a background in accounting, financial planning, small business management, and personal empowerment coaching. She also specializes in working both locally with businesses, families, and individuals to guide them to freedom and success and nationally where she works with Laurel Langmire and she was featured in the the Secret DVD. She also provides specialist financial advice to her clients across Australia. Now, on today's show, Diana's going to share You Can't Fix Cash Flow with Cash. There's a process around this, so I can't wait for her to share more about this. When you take one step closer to the goal, the universe brings that goal one step closer to you. And guess what? Again, there's a process around this. And lastly, define the wealthy you. It's a balance of money and mindset. And you guessed it, there's a process that goes along with this too. So welcome to the show, Diana. Thanks, Emory. Thanks for having me. Look, I know that when I speak to a lot of uh, women in business and leaders, that one of the things they often struggle with in their business is cash flow. So it's really interesting that you say you can't fix the cash flow with cash because often we think we do. We just need more cash coming into our businesses. So let's dive in. You say there's a process around this. That's right, Emory. I have so many people say to me, when I ask them what's their biggest challenge, they'll mm-hmm. say cash flow. Yes. If I just had more cash, it would be all okay. But I'm sure we all know of people who've had some sort of a windfall and within a few months they're back to the same position they were in previously mm-hmm. because getting more cash in in and of itself is not the solution because it's like pouring water into a bucket with holes in it. So it's the systems and the processes around the business management and the cash flow management that makes the difference. So when we look at cash flow, we look at our bank statement or our profit and loss statement, but that's really just the scorecard showing the result of 
the systems that have led to that result. Mm-hmm. So it's more important, and the areas that I encourage people to refine are how do you spend your time? What sort of marketing do you have in place? How do you lead your team or your staff? And obviously the practical aspect of, of the pricing of the widgets or whatever it is that mm, you do. Mm-hmm, so they're mm-hmm. the areas that normally you'll deal with with a business advisor. They would look at the costings and how much rent you pay and how much wages you pay and mm-hmm, things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So of those key areas that you mentioned, do you find that there's often uh, a, a real area of one of those or maybe more of those across the business or do you find that pretty much any business that really is struggling with their cash flow has gaps in all of those areas you mentioned? I have a list of what I call the four T's and that's your time, your team, your turnover and the talk. How do you market your business but also what's your self-talk? Yes. So a lot of the time people say their biggest challenge is staff but again that comes down to often leadership and and recruiting and training and then there's your turnover which is marketing and then how you manage your your cash, their time. Mm -hmm. So I'd say it's those four but not any one particularly, but the, the cash flow is the, the crux of Yeah, the absolutely. Of I mean, you can imagine if uh, as a business owner and often, we, you know, time, if only I had more time and only I had more cash, often when we do a bit of a, an audit on where we're spending our time, and I'm sure you do this with your clients, we realise that we're spending time on the wrong things or the things that maybe we should be outsourcing. Speak a little bit more about that because I think when we're identifying any or all of these four key areas that you speak about, one will always impact the other, won't it? So when you fix up one, you might find that another one tends to increase or get a little bit better too. So speak a bit more around the timing aspect. Because it's all about balance and particularly as women, um, in my experience and certainly with most of the women that I've worked with over the years and the decades, it is about that that balance because the other side of the equation there are things like our health, our family needs, our relationships and our work-life balance. So the time is really important and we say if we had more money we could pay other people but it's a chicken and egg situation as well. With that, that timing, there's a couple of systems that I use for people to get clear on what's the important part of what they do that they should be doing versus their busyness. So it's about balancing What's the best use of my time and where's my skill set? Basically, what am I charging for versus all the other stuff that just has to happen? I'd imagine also, too, when you have a look at some of the key areas we're spending our time, do you often find that the activities are not getting them any closer to the turnover that they're looking for? That's right. And that's very closely linked with our level of energy because we're so busy and we think we need to work harder and harder and longer hours and we get more and more drained and, and tired. Mm. But when we're doing the activities that we love, that gives us energy. Yes. And when we're doing activities that are just the drudge stuff and the things that we don't love to do, then that drains our energy. So I find it a lot more efficient for people to be working on their strengths and their, their core skill sets and outsourcing the stuff that they look at on their to-do list and go, oh, gosh, that's on there today. Um, And then we can work to our optimum level Mm. much more efficiently and effectively because, you know, we're enthusiastic and we're driven and we're on 
mm. rather than dragging ourselves through the list. Yeah. That brings an interesting question then too. I'd love you to speak a bit more about this because I know that you work very closely with women and many women that I speak to and I, if I look back on my career in my business, this is something when I first started that I really hesitate again and this is around having sales conversations. And so what if one of the key areas that people really struggle with is having sales conversations and getting clients to to say yes you know to their products or services because if we're stuck in that that's going to be very hard for us then to to generate income absolutely and i'm very much in that mold i'm not a salesperson i dislike selling Mm -hmm. but i am very much a serving person yeah if i can help someone or add some value or be of service to them so depending on obviously the the context of that but if you can be sharing your message with the sense of i have something that will help you therefore i'm serving Mm. not subservient you know like have the right sense around it but that i have something that will will add value to someone's life then you take yourself out of that feeling of i've got to sell to this person yeah, um, because there's there's a lot linked with all of those things. Uh, I've also done a lot of studying in psychology and counselling and and things of that nature, all the personal empowerment kind of field. So there's a lot of links to what we're selling to our own self worth or value or beliefs around money, limiting beliefs, often conditioning that we've grown up with, and all those sorts of things. So the word selling and marketing in itself tends to put up barriers. Mm. But if we can be saying, well, I'm just sharing my message of what I have to offer and it, and if somebody wants that and you've spoken about it in terms of the outcome to them, the benefit, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. result, then you've, you've shared a gift with them as opposed to trying to sell a product. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing. I remember quite a number of years ago, a colleague shared an analogy with me. She said, what would you do if someone had accidentally fallen? Well, they wouldn't do it on purpose, fallen off a ship and there they were struggling in the water. Would you throw them a lifeline? Well, of course, the answer is yes. And she said, now, what if that person was your ideal client and you knew they were struggling with something and you had the solution? Would you not say something to them? And when, you know, she shared that with me, I thought, my goodness, of course I would, would share more. And so just, it which really, you know, validates what you're saying, that we have a solution, we have support to their challenges. And by sharing that message with them, mm. they've got the, you know, the ability to, or they, they may not even know that there is something out there to support them in overcoming that challenge. Let's talk about stepping closer to our goal. When we take one step closer, the universe then brings the goal one step closer to you again there's a process what's the process that's a phrase that I've coined and I put it in a lot of the work I have published and so on meaning that if we get clear on what we want then more often than not it either shows up or the steps toward it show up but often things don't show up because we don't know what we want that is so true. I've uh, often set goals, even if I didn't realize or understand the how, the steps that I needed to take towards that. And as soon as you start putting some you know, pen to paper, some ideas, then all of a sudden people and resources start showing up for you um, to support you, of course, in, in achieving that. Do you find that with a lot of women, uh, sometimes we're a little bit hesitant to set goals because we may be afraid we're setting ourselves up for failure? I think there is a lot of that. But I also think that so many times people just go through life 
kind of being buffeted around by whatever's coming along. Mm. And we're never taught, we're taught to set goals, but we're never taught to design our own life. We're never taught to think about if I started today and not getting bogged down in whatever's happened before because we kind of have this intrinsic sense that I've got to go back and fix all of that before I can move forward and that's rubbish. But if I started today with a magic wand, meaning no limitations, I'm not too old or too young or my mother won't like it or I live in the wrong place or whatever, Mm. how would my life look? And then come back to today and start to take the steps for that future to show up. No one designs their life mindfully. They just kind of, you know, muddle our way through it and get to the other end and say, oh, that's not how I pictured it. I love that. Life works out the way we think it will, but at least if we've got a bit of an end goal in mind, an end picture, like when you build a house Mm -hmm. and start to take those steps, then you can make mindful choices about the directions and your goals and also your time and how you spend your money and who you spend your time with that align with that. What's really, you know, ringing true for me as I'm hearing you you share that is sometimes when we set goals, and I know that I've, I have this, and I have to remind myself is sometimes we just want the goal to happen really quickly, and we can get a little bit frustrated when uh, our goal just seems within reach, but never quite getting getting there. I'd love to speak a little bit more to that too. But sometimes then it goes back to, all right, you've set your goal. What do you need to do differently? Maybe in that way you manage your time, in your self talk, your team, in your turnover. So constantly going back and rechecking to make sure you really are taking the right action consistently. Yes, and sometimes it's a matter of put the steps in place and then get out of your own way. <laughs> yes, and and other times it's a matter of just put the steps in place rather than wishing that it's just going to show up. Mm-hmm. There, there may be some steps that do need to be taken or building the context and being clear on what that is. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about getting out of your own way because I've had some real insights to that in my business that I could see that I was becoming a bit of a bottleneck in in some of the key areas. Let's speak a bit more about getting in your own way. What typically do you see happening? I think this is where I use the analogy of water finds its own level. So if it's financial result or if it's health or if it's relationship whatever it is wherever our beliefs are that's where our result will be so if we have a really ingrained belief that nothing ever works out for me or other people will have good luck but I don't or um, you know I'm always sick or I'm always broke or things like that then you can put all the the practical strategies in place that you like but you won't get a different result Mm -hmm. because your beliefs are kind of blocking that And it doesn't mean we all need to be Pollyanna, but there's a certain level of optimism that is required. Otherwise, subconsciously, we get poor result and go, see, I told you so, because we have that um, intrinsic need subconsciously to be right. If we've set ourselves up to fail, then that's going to be what you see. And I think with the business work that I do, that's the biggest benefit I see that I can share with people, uh, at least initially in, in an initial session is um and you referred to it earlier in in the chat about giving them that understanding that optimism that belief that there is someone that can show them the way through whatever the obstacles are Mm. rather than that sense of discouragement and defeat just that optimism that they can walk out of a session and think oh thank goodness someone knows what to do and they'll guide me through 
You know, one of the things that I learned was this morning, I went to a networking event and we were asked to just reflect back over the, the last 12 months and what key principle or some aha that really you know struck out for us or, or that really shone through and you know one of the things that was really clear for me was around the word courage or, or having you know courage and I would have said of myself that I wasn't very courageous at all yet when I look back and you know things that people said and just things that showed up actually I was. But for me, my self-belief was, well, I'm not very courageous. Look at all these other women doing these incredible things. And so that really, you know, when we when we have someone like a mentor or a coach or someone that's gone before us that really can exude the, the kind of qualities that we want and, and mirror back to us some of the things that are happening and, you know, things that we may be, as you, we're talking about holding ourselves back, when we finally have that insight, well, my goodness, that's incredible. So I, what I have done for the next year, I'm going to harness that courage to actually do all of the things that, that are fearful for me, just using that. And I've kind of set that almost as, as a mantra, personal mantra. But how often do we hold ourselves back because we, we just don't see strengths in, in us or we're comparing ourselves to what other people are doing? And it does really limit Uh, us to what we can achieve yes absolutely and I find that when we can step beyond that it's so liberating and often it just is a matter of having someone saying go on you can do it Mm. and I have the analogy that or or the the phrase that there's a good scary and a bad scary Mm -hmm. because people say oh I don't know about this you know this business thing or this whatever that's scary so good scary is Yes, it's scary because it's unknown and, and and that's okay. Bad scary is, you know, stepping in front of a bus yeah. and, and you need to listen to that one. And it's, I guess wisdom is knowing which one is which. But it is having that mentor or the business coach or the whoever it is mm. that's with, with some level of expertise as opposed to a well-meaning friend who really hasn't perhaps got much idea that, Yes, this is this is good. Go for it. You can do it. I believe in you. You know something else that I find as women, and and I'm I'm sure you have seen this as well. And it's something that I really would love to change. And that is around women supporting other women and women who are up to really great things. Sometimes here in Australia, you know the tall poppy syndrome, and which I think is just so sad because I I say let's all be the tall poppy and we can just all shine together. But sometimes we feel a little bit hesitant to reach out and ask for help or even to collaborate or just to spend time with other incredible women because of this whole perception you know that I don't know if it's just here in Australia that we have that or if other, in other countries as well what would you say to women who have been a little bit hesitant to do that you know to reach out to other women to support them all of that kind of thing yeah I see that a lot Anne-Marie and there's there's several facets to it. Um, a lot of the time, it, worth isn't probably quite the right word, but, you know, self-esteem or, mm. you know, that, that type of thing. But it's also that sense of everyone else looks like they've got it together and they're successful on the outside, yes. whereas, you know, inside us we're feeling like, oh, I don't know what to do and I don't feel very confident and, and you know, I, I, I don't like, don't think that I've got the skills for it. Mm-hmm. But what people don't realise is that everybody pretty much has that little voice going on in their head. It's not that we're the only ones with that voice and everyone else really has got it together. When, when I've worked with thousands and thousands of women, I don't think there's any that don't have that little talk track coming yeah. coming strong and clear through their head. Uh, but what it is is a matter of overcoming that with 
your sense of self little by little. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I see as it is changing, but many of us were brought up in the school system where you did your own work, you sat the exams on your own, you did the answers and you were competing against everybody else. And then we go out into the world of, of business and entrepreneurship and we don't realise that it's not about competing, it's about collaborating. Mm-hmm. So it's a different mindset than what we've been conditioned where it's us against the world. It's now, you know, how can we connect with the world and, and bring a better outcome for everyone rather than holding on to my little piece of the pie. Yeah. And, get, you know, it's much more fun when you're collaborating with like-minded business people who bring complementary skills and expertise to the table because you can achieve far greater together than you could possibly do on your own. And I can't remember who it was that I spoke to, but they were saying that in the world, you know, of, of uh, entrepreneurship and business in general, on, on a global scale, the real competitiveness or where people are going to really be able to shine from all of the other people offering services are the ones who do collaborate, you know, and you see that in, um, and I think they they were talking about in countries such as the Netherlands and so forth, where two large organisations have, you know, collaborated, each one bringing one area of science, the other bringing engineering and practical, you know, things, and together they've been able to design really innovative um, products to, to, you know, to over overcome an increasing challenge on a global scale and when smaller businesses see that collaborating is not scary but rather you know uniting your expertise can take you to a different much greater level and the one that can impact not just locally but nationally and even internationally too. Absolutely the the synchronicity starts to kick in and it's just amazing because you get you know not one plus one equals two but one plus one equals ten just because of the the leverage and the, the scale that you can accomplish, it is heaps more fun and you let go of that sense of, no, I've got to keep all the profits for myself or I've mm. got to make this much money and exchange that for how can we serve, how can we get a better result across a, a greater number of people and you let go of that that scarcity mindset yes and you work with an abundance mindset yeah one of the things that um i mean women in leadership is hosted on the ambitious entrepreneur podcast network and of course at the moment we're in the process of welcoming welcoming on board other podcast hosts as well but what we've decided as a network is to put part of um the the funds the income that's generated towards kiva have you heard of the of kiva making loans to entrepreneurs in developing countries to support them in creating you know jobs or but in this instance for themselves so and it's incredible that when you think of here we are today speaking we're both in Australia this is going to go live eventually in a few weeks across the world but then you know the listeners and the the hosts and so forth are contributing to the world on a global scale because we're going to give back to those communities when you start thinking like that and the impact that can have it really is incredible that's right and it's just about not just women helping women, but humans helping humans. Yes. Because we all have that sense of, am I doing it right? Am I enough? Mm-hmm. Am I you know, worthy? And on all those other little conditioned messages that we've inherited through generations yes. um, running in our heads, regardless of whether we're in Australia or wherever else. So the more that we can collaborate and share that, the more that, that comes back to us in 
all different sorts of formats, not just financially, but just in general well-being and, and a million other little gifts oh, absolutely. that we may or may not even be aware of. Yes. Let's talk about defining mm. the wealthy you, a balance of money and mindset. And you guessed it, it's a process for this as well. So the wealthy you is getting clear on that picture of what do I want my life to look like and me to feel like, not just in financial terms, but in holistic terms. So wealth in in this context and the way that I use that word is health and happiness and fulfilling relationships and freedom of choice and obviously financial reward, but all the other little treasures, watching your children play, enjoying nature, being able to sleep safe and walk, uh, and just all the little treasures that come across our day. Uh, I recently was a facilitator for a national women's program and so I hosted a month of that and I, and I had the people sharing every day what is their wealth today and I was encouraging things like um, some of the things that I shared was finding a bird's nest with, with baby birds in it in our front yard and when the first calf arrives and um, somebody pleasant that helps me at a shop experiencing, you know, my children's graduation. Just all those little treasures and gems that add to our sense of holistic and, and complete wealth and well-being, not just the financial ones. So certainly the financial things are in there that, that um, you know, someone paid me or I had a little windfall or, you know, I had a little win or someone bought me a cup of coffee, but it's it's more the the broader sense of wealth because when we feel wealthy as a feeling then we will attract more of that to us in all senses including financial i think people make it too much about i have to attract money but they're coming from a scarcity mindset they're not feeling wealthy which actually is one of those barriers that we put in front of ourselves if we can embrace feeling wealthy then we're raising where that water level sits, that subconscious conditioning that brings wealth to us in all different forms. So Diana, what would be one last insight that you'd like to share with people? Specifically to women, more so than men, would be if you don't feel empowered, generally speaking, or financially speaking, address that because it's something that over years of working with with family businesses and 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 women, it's an area that they kind of have a sense of us being second class at. That the husband understands the finances, or you know that's not their role, or I don't have a brain for numbers or for maths, and it doesn't need to be hard. Um, I think in the past it's been made hard and complex and intimidating. Mm. I would be suggesting that you find someone that. You can converse with comfortably, get back to plain English terms, get rid of all the jargon and all the nonsense, get clear on your own situation and see 101 and learn a couple of these little processes or skills just to understand the amount that you need to know to feel empowered because with that sense of empowerment will come the reflection from external sources that you are empowered in terms of wealth starts to fall into place. Fantastic. Diana, how can people find out more about you? They can go to our website or our Facebook page, which is Shine at Business. They can email me, 
on admin at shineatbusiness.com.au and I'd be always happy to have a 10 or 20 minute phone chat, answer some questions, connect them with people that may be able to support them and just get their journey started. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights. Uh, Diana, thank you. My pleasure, Anne-Marie. Thanks so much for having me. Are you a specialist who supports small business and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel, but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host, or if you have an existing business-focused podcast, and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach, and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I do hope that you'll join me again next week. We know that you've got so many insights from Diana to help you increase your cash flow and, of course, set goals. And you're probably setting goals already for 2017. So you can hit the ground running when you uh, have 2017 just around the corner. Now, by the way, for those of you who have subscribed to our iTunes channel, thank you so much. By subscribing, it means you're going to be the first person to know when each and every new episode is published so you can continue to be inspired each and every week now if you don't want to miss out and you don't haven't already subscribed you want to the way to do that is to go to annemariecross.com forward slash podcast itunes annemariecross.com forward slash podcast itunes have a fantastic week everyone make it a great one see you later diana This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.